you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. You can take your seats. We could just stop there because there was the church in action right there. His presence, his Holy Spirit, his paraclete that comes alongside us and leads us into truth. Uh, He's a very powerful God, and he is seated in the heavenly realms. Thank you very much for tinkering on those keys. (laughs) Tinker, tinker. So I have a few moments. I will be, if you can give me, it's been a packed service already, but if you can give me a few moments... I, um, I really believe that the Lord has given me a message, and it's not an easy message, but it's a message that God has given me. Um, I, last week, Paul spoke on um, the condition of the church and also his people, and he spoke from a scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, and he says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, you know, and I could stop there because there's been times of difficulty lately. We've all gone through difficult times. And then it goes on, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's a heavy scripture. Um, But if we look around today, it's a reality, isn't it? It's a reality that, you know, young people, all people, that they've become very much like this. And 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 it's sad. And it grieves God. But he's not shocked. You know, we serve a God that is not shocked about the season that we, we are in. Because he's God and he's sovereign. And he knows how to handle the seasons that we go through. Um, in, uh, in Ecclesiastes 3.1 it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the sun. And it goes on to say there's a time of loss, there's a time to plant, there's a time to reap, there's a time to sow, and it goes on. And if you read all the seasons, they're really quite heavy. And, and, and I think, wow, I just don't think we're particularly that good at going through seasons. Um, change is difficult, and human nature does not like change. And when change happens, what humans do, that's us and Christians, whether is that we take control. We take back control, we have the whole self-preservation thing going on, and we compartmentalize what we can control. Those people that Paul was talking about last week, cleaning, and he said that I'm one of those people. I'm not one of those people. I just have to because he doesn't. So, but I will say to you that the reason when I'm going through it, anybody that's ever lived with me, if I'm getting a baby wipe and cleaning on the floor in corners, 
you know there's something really going on with me. Because I feel like it's the only thing I can control. Because I see an end to it. So if I clean, there's an end to it. It's that feeling of just having some control over something when you feel there's no control over nothing. And in this last season, if we're really honest, we've felt no control over anything, whether it be financial, whether it be health, whether it be loss, whether it be so much stuff. And I entitled this as, as um, a spiritual pandemic. And many of you know that the pandemic's not here anymore because we don't hear anything but we spent almost two years with all we heard was about the pandemic. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. And we know it's not gone. But the propaganda through the media, it moved us on to something else. And here we are like puppets on a string being moved to what the propaganda wants to tell us. But the COVID pandemic, had eternal spiritual effects upon the church, not just the church, but also the whole world was changed in that time. And we were changed not necessarily for good, but we were changed because the pandemic caused us to isolate. It caused us to be in our houses. It caused us to be alone, some of us. It caused us to be fearful that if you got COVID that you would die. Because some people did and no one knew what this virus was going to do. Do you know what that did to people? It created something. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, it emotionally affected the whole world. And the whole world feels like it's tilted, but nobody talks about the pandemic. But the spiritual effects of the pandemic is still very much here. And that's what I want to talk about. I not only want to talk about the spiritual pandemic, but I want to speak about how as a church, we can come back to the place where the body is operating as one again and not separated and segregated because we can't do that. That's not the way the church was formed. It's not the way that the church works, is segregation, compartmentalization, and isolation, which is what's come in into people's lives. I have a picture, if you want to put it up at the back of, uh, of a tree, and Promise spoke about me really enjoying. That's a tree on my walk. Very nice, isn't it? Look, that is, you've seen the tree? What, when you've been where I walk? Ah, oh, that's really nice. He's seen the tree. Okay, so that's the tree. And every day I walk past this tree. And you can leave it up. Nature has a way of speaking to us, doesn't it? I, it, I mean, if you're, if you're having a real problem with life in general, go for a walk and have a look at how nature communicates. Because nature has a way of communicating the creator better than anything else and autumn 
is a beautiful time of year. It's my favorite time of year, spring and autumn. Why? Because spring is new birth, new seed, and then autumn is when that seed then just starts to get its, its old stuff away. And the, the, what, what is used for the next season is the fertilizer of what's happened before. And it likens very much to our lives. Everything you've gone through, there's a purpose to it. It's the fertilizer for your future. If you look at it in the right way. If you don't respond in the right way, it can floor you. But let what's you, happened to your life be, a, be the fertilizer. Just like nature. So when I walk, I always, I'm, it's, it centers me. And it enables me to get a grasp on what's happened. The sea also does that for me. When I walk along the beach and I look at the enormity of the sea and I look at how nature continues, seasons come, seasons go. And then the Lord uses that to say in the same way, seasons come and seasons go. And you have to transition through each season. Um, change is part of life, and sometimes we get stuck in the season. But we have to learn to shake change by the hand before change grips you round the throat, because it will change. And if you're not changing with the season, then if you're, if you're having a shaking in your life, it may very well be that God is saying, come on, guy, wake, wake up. It's time to move. We're moving. You know, we're moving, the seasons change, but have you? Have I? And these are questions we have to all ask ourselves. And if we're really honest, we didn't really want to go into a new season. We wanted to stay in our homes. I wanted to, st I didn't want to come and see people, human beings. You know, like BFG, he talks about the human beings and, he, and they hide from them and he's striding and, you know, he hides from the human. I felt like that. I said, I don't want to see human beings. But the problem is, is I pastor a church. It's like, if I worked in a bank in an office, I'd be like, you had to shut the door and do my work and go home. And it was tempting. But even, even people that go to work in corporate places, you have to see people. We can't do it. I was actually interesting. I stayed in a hotel in Amsterdam or I visited a hotel. And all of a sudden, this robot, I was sat in the, I was talking about human beings, and this is going to be what happens. There was a robot that had all these little sweets on it, and it was going round and round. And what you had to do is call it to be able to get a suite. They say, excuse me. Mm. I thought, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have them as the welcome team in years to come. <laughs> and in fact, they're just going to be these robots going around. Mm. But that's what the world's trying to do, right? Trying to get rid of people. And what the pandemic did is, is it caused people to, to, to become like that. Hide, self-preservation. And people made really big decisions in the, in the pandemic. Not always the right decisions, but they made them. Why? Because they were left to their own devices. You know, us as people, left to our own devices, can be very, very dangerous. We can make really nutty decisions. That's why the church 
is so important. And let's look into why the church is so important. Um, so if you liken the church to be like this tree, and it goes through loads of seasons. Some of these trees in the forest, they're nearly 200 years old. And, and they go through their seasons. And unless someone comes and chops them down or they get diseases, it continues. And the root system's exactly the same, and it's the same with the church. We go through many, many seasons as a church, but the root system is in Christ. It's not in Vicky and Paul. It's not in Victory Outreach. It's Christ. And, and the church is Christ's idea. So sometimes as people, when we, you know, we point this and we do this and we do that, point to Christ because it's his vehicle. Imperfect, you know, we're imperfect, you're imperfect, all coming together, all walks of life, coming into a place, trying to serve God. Wow, no wonder it's a mess. No, seriously. But when did we expect the church to be perfect? Where did that come from? Who, who brought it in that the church needs to be all like the world? It, it isn't. The church is the hospital of the Holy Spirit. It is a place where you come from all walks of life into a place together where you get made whole, where you get saved, where you get delivered, where you get healed, where you, get, where you receive mercy because you've messed up. Why is it that when people mess up, the church is the last place they go to? Have we taken the cross away from church? Have we taken away the whole meaning of the power of the body of Christ? I crawl to this place. You may say, well, you have to. You're the pastor's wife. Actually, no, I don't. I have free will. I'm not one of those robots. My name is Vicky. I may carry a role in this church, but I don't come to this church because I have to and because of my title. I need the church. I need to come. I know the power of church. I know when I'm depressed, if I make it to church, God will lift my depression. I know if I've got sickness, where do I need to be? I don't. Listen, a hospital has its place. But the church is the answer. The healing of the, it is in the church. It's in the church that God showed me a picture that when I had cancer for seven years, it was in the church that he revealed that you will never see cancer again. It was in the church when I lived with rejection for three years and I kept turning up into the community of believers. I kept turning up with this rejection, with this feeling of being paralyzed, with this, you know, I felt like sometimes I was limping into the church with my disabled, when no one could see me on the inside, with my pain. It was the church, it was the vehicle, it was the people, it was the spirit of God that I stepped into these places. It was, it was that place that God took my rejection. Did he take it straight away? No, he didn't. But I want to tell you, there was a day he took it. But, but the thing is, is it's become, through the pandemic, like just another box we tick. 
This is not another box we tick. This is your umbilical cord to the very throne room of heaven. There's a portal that is open to his church and his church alone. No other place, no power organization. No, no, they all do wonderful things. But it is his church where the key, where the keys, where the power is. And we have to put it back into its rightful place. I don't know if there's, I can see there's older people in here. But remember 45 years ago, back into this nation of United Kingdom, there was no shops open on a Sunday. You wouldn't be able to go shopping. Everybody went to church. This nation was a Christian nation. Your grandmother, she would drag you to church. Or was that just my grandmother? So even if my parents didn't want to go to church, and my dad didn't, my mum was in two minds, but my mum was a Baptist. My grandmother was a Baptist. And, and she used to dress us up in all these wonderful frilly dresses that she made wonderful. I look back on those days of the simplicity. She used to cook and bake and, and, and the simple things, sitting around tables. And, you know, we got to look at these simple, simple things again of, 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 of the value system and what's crept in. And on a Sunday, you went to church. Whether you were dragged to church, whether you were brought to church, whatever you did, you went to the church. Now, fast forward to now. Just have a look. If you went to the Trafford Centre, which is uh, now, you would see throngs of people. What's happened to our nation? What's happened to the church? And all the pandemic did was accelerate that spirit. It accelerated, do you... It's your life, it's your time, YouTube, MySpace. And all through these little things, we compartmentalize, I don't like that, and I'm putting that there, and I'm going to do this, and that's mine, and I will listen to what I want to listen to when I want to listen to it, and if I don't like it, I'm going. Really? I want to let you into a little secret. Transformation will never happen there. Transformation happens in community. It happens when your brother and your sister bug the life out of you. It is the truth that will set us free. What happened to, the, to going through stuff Whoever told you that you would not go through stuff in church? You wouldn't go through failure. You wouldn't go through rejection. You wouldn't go through offense. You wouldn't go through that someone doesn't like you. It's all here. What has to happen is a change of perspective. Because it's through that other person that, is, that bugs the life out of you, is causing your response and transformation to happen from the inside. If every time someone bugs the life out of you, you just say, see you later, 
See, like, I'm going to go and find someone that will tickle my flesh and make me feel good. And I'm just going to go where I feel so loved and so amazing. I'll tell you right now, you will never change. You're about to get stuck. Transformation happens only through community and only through Christ's idea of church. That's the portal. That's God's plan. If you're looking for answers, the church has the answers. A church is not meant to look one culture, not meant to be all rich, not all meant to be one culture, not all meant to be drug addicts. A church is meant to be old men and women, diversity of culture, diversity of background, diversity of everything. Why? Because that's how a body works. So when the body is operating in the right way, because culture makes you feel comfortable, right? So when you've grown up with certain people and a certain culture, you cleave to those because you feel comfortable with them, because it's what you've known. Is that happened to everybody? It's happened to me. It's happened to all of us. But that's not the way the church is. The church isn't meant to be one-dimensional. The church is meant to be multicultural, multi-diverse, multi in every multi-way. Because it's in the gelling together that God sharpens one another. See, we have doctors, psychiatrists, architects, nurses. We have all what, dentists. Candlestick makers, we haven't got a candlestick maker, but um, I'm not sure they do candlestick makers anymore, do they? In this country, I'm not sure. And that's another thing, don't get me on old crafts that are going out the window, don't get me on that. You know, carpenters and, come on, beautiful. So we're meant to be different and we're meant to be helping one another. So in this church, we also have people that have come from, you know, maybe 10, 20 years of prison. You have people that have come from um, all different cultures and they're meant to come together and you are going to feel funny because we're, we're all different. We have different foods we eat. We have different ways of expressing. Like somebody may express in a way of, oh, all that and someone may be like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But neither one is wrong or right. At the end of the day... We're serving the Lord, Jesus Christ. This is his church. We're meant to be different cultures coming from different backgrounds. The danger is, is if you, 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 for comfort's sake, you go to where it's easier. Easy and transformation are not friends. If you want to become all that God has created you to become, then you have to be uncomfortable. And you have to remember that you will be uncomfortable in the church. But you see, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the one who counsels, who leads into truth. And, and the thing is, is I don't know whether people actually always access what God has in his church when they come. When I come to church, my expectancy is, no matter what I'm going through, that the Lord is going to guide me. When I worship God in my church, this church, Jesus' church, I expect him to lift burdens. I expect him 
to deliver people. I expect him to bring salvation. I expect him to, to, to move. I don't come to church just to put my dress on and to walk through here with my bag and just to turn up and look at my, my watch and can't wait to get home to cook dinner. I don't come to church for that. I come to church because it's my lifeline and because it's the lifeline of the people we are reaching. When it stops being the lifeline, you are in about into a place where you could become deceived. If you are more comfortable with people in your workplace that are not born again, in, in places where people are, it says darkness and light do not mix. The reason why we gather together in the light is because we strengthen one another. If you are finding strength from people in your workplace, anywhere else that are not born again believers, I would say to you, be very, very careful. Because you can, like all of us, we could get deceived. It said, do not stop meeting together daily. That we become, that we, that, and exhort one another, encourage one another, call each other out. You know, you know how you doing, sister? How, just like Beth said, where, where was Beth? I, I nearly put a thing up. Well, not where's Wally. I was going, <laughs> where's Beth? And I was like, Beth, where are you? And she's just ignored me. And I said, Beth, where are you? And she got back to me and, and she said, I'm not doing great. I called her. Not because I'm a pastor, so I, because I care. I care for people. I don't have enough minutes in the day to do it with everybody, but I try in the best I can to care for the flock. And it's that body ministry that enables you to speak life and encourage daily that they will not become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You see, sin is very deceiving. Why? It's because it's out, it's everywhere. So you become hardened, you become callous, you stop hearing the voice of God. You come into church and you feel isolated, you feel separated. You think, you know what, I'm not a part of this. Deception. Deception. Hardness of heart. You shouldn't feel that way in church. The issue is not the church, the issue is you. And you need to step in. You need to run to this altar. And I'm not telling you something that's not happened to me. I've been where I felt like that. I didn't want to come to church. I didn't want to fellowship with believers. I wanted to eat chocolate. And I wanted to stay in my pajamas. And I wanted to just be with my kids because I love my family, and I'm safe with my family, and I didn't feel safe. If you're really honest, all of you, me included, that this last season has caused us to feel unsafe when we walk out the door. We feel unsafe in the church, and it's not Jesus' fault. It has been the condition of what has happened to segre segregate, to separate, and to cause us to hold back and, to, and, to, and to, to not be around people. But I want to say to you today that there has to be a change. There has to be a change that you are going to take that step from that place of vulnerability and step into what God has for you.
You see, the church is not here to serve you. Tell me in the Bible where it says that, you are to, that we, the church is here to serve you. That's the spirit of this world. We are here and the church is the vehicle for us to serve. And in that community and serving as you refresh others, you too will be refreshed. The very thing that you're looking for, you will not get unless you sow it. If you're looking for friendship, be a friend. If you're looking for encouragement, encourage somebody. If you're looking for healing, lay hands on the sick. If you're looking for financial blessing or financial, then sow finances into somebody's life. How can you receive what you've not given? The church is here, a vehicle for you to serve in. Your gifts, your talents, your stewardship, your time. It cannot run on 20 people. And at the moment, churches across the world are functioning on a handful of people. And you wonder why they're becoming burnt out, burnt out. It cannot. The whole body ministry, one of you in this place may be a little toe. And you're an amazing little toe. And God needs you. He needs you. You may do something very small, but in the body of Christ, it's massive. You may do something and it may not be seen, but in the body of Christ and to God, it's massive. We have to understand every one of us has been given gifts, talents, money, everything. But, and I understand that we work, people work, you have profession. But I want to say to you today that if you are not using your gifts and your talents and your finances within the church and it is only compartmentalised into your profession and your work and not the church, I will hasten to say to you that that will not be blessed. And I say it with all authority that God has given me. If you are not using your gifts and your talents and your time in the vehicle of the church, and it, then I will say to you that you may be feeling like you've got holes in your pockets. It's never enough. You can never work enough. You can never do enough. When Jesus is first, when you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, when the church is in its rightful place, when you serve and you don't come here like, you know, putting your napkins on here and bye, nice to see you all. That was a nice meal. Excuse me, I've just dribbled. Really? When has it ever become a place to feast? We are a gas station. We get filled up. And I know it's not just in the four walls. I know we do body ministry out, but it's also in the four walls. They can't just be all out and nothing in the church. I believe the pandemic separated stuff and caused people to compartmentalise. This is mine and that's yours and that's the church. It's all God's. It all belongs to God. 
Everything you own, if you're a born-again believer, belongs to God. He gives you the opportunity to keep a portion. Because he could take it all, but he doesn't. He gives you the opportunity to steward your time. He gives you the opportunity to steward your gifts. He gives you the opportunity. He gives you free will. My gosh, you know that's been the hardest thing for me? Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. You know, free will has been one of the most challenging things. Because I can choose right now to go do what I want. Oh. I really struggle with it. But that's where the actual transformation happens. That's where it happens in the struggle. That's where it happens. That's where it says those that endure to the end will be saved. Not those that endure halfway and then go off and do their own thing. See, Jesus' idea is the church. He said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means there's gates of hell which means they're trying to prevail against the church, which means there's spiritual attack, which means we have to be fully aware of what's really going on here. And sometimes we're not aware. We don't war as the way the world wars. We don't war. We don't war flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle. We have to war like in a spiritual battle. We have to take captive. Put that picture up of the tree, but with the bit in the middle. Forget the other tree. The last bit. Okay. This is a representation of what the church looks like at the moment. It's like some of a system has come and planted itself right bang in the middle of it all. And it also represents people's minds. And I am coming in for a close in a minute. Just give me two more minutes. People's minds have become um, strongholds. When you go through trauma, um, I've been through quite a lot of trauma in my life, Um, but one of the areas of trauma that did really affect me is when I had cancer for seven years. It kept coming back. I had half my leg removed. I had a 24-centimetre tumour, high-grade bone cancer. So I had half my leg removed and a prosthetic implant, but it kept coming back. And um, so for seven years, I went through this very traumatic time. When I heard the words from the consultant, um, the cancer's gone, we walked out of Christie's, and the hospital in Manchester, and um, my husband was elated. And I was, I was, I was depressed, actually. I, I was like, what is wrong with me? You know when your feelings don't measure up to what you should be feeling? And so I then went um, into prayer, because for me, every solution is in prayer. And the Lord gave me a picture, and he said, I said, God, why do I feel so depressed? Everyone's going on as normal. I should be over the moon. And he showed me a picture of a storm and the debris, and he, and he said to me, this is the condition of your soul. And he said, when you go through trauma or you go through difficult times, emotionally, um, there is an adrenaline push. There's also something that happens with hormones. So you're like, you're going, you're, go, you're literally in a crisis. Let's say you're in a crisis mode. Um, and what happens in that crisis mode is there's something happens in your brain. So to cope, your brain starts looping emotionally, and it then makes a picture of the trauma you've gone through. And that trauma you've gone through then separates from the reasoning, your normal thinking, and just loops on that picture. 
And all you can think about is that thing. So no matter what happens, you'll maybe come to church, something will happen and the picture will come back. And it will just be like, man, what is that? That is what happens when you've been through a tough time. And I actually think that what happened, um, he told me it's going to take 18 months, but I'm going to restore your soul. And it took about two years for God to restore my soul um, because I went through so much trauma. And the same with the pandemic is many of us have gone through trauma and, and there is a looping going on. And there is pictures that keep coming back to you to cause you to resort back. Resort back. Don't do it. Go back. And I want to say to you today that that has to be severed. And the way that that gets severed, it gets severed in the scientific world, gets severed by movement, connection, and exercise. But in the kingdom, in the church, as us as Christians, the same thing. It happens through connection. It, it happens when you connect with other people. See, in the early church, how was the early church formed? It was formed by meeting in fellowship and, and devoted to the word of God and breaking bread together. You see, when you meet um, a koinonia, fellowship, you know, it's not what people think it is. Koinonia means um, that you fellowship, you partake, you spend time and it used to be in houses, but, you know, if you've noticed, a lot of people don't have people around to their houses anymore. And I'll tell you why. Why that is, is because when you come to my house, you see all of me. Well, you don't see my bedroom. Because that's the only place that you don't see. But I've always been, me and Paul, an open book. So when we invite each other to each other's houses, you see the scrapes on the wall. You see my kids possibly playing up. You see me stressed, possibly. You see all of me. You see what this society has now done is it's a projected image. So I'm going to come to church and I'm going to project an image to you that everything's hunky-dory. The reality is in every one of our lives, nothing is perfect. There is nothing hunky-dory about you. You're about as messed up as we all are within different layers of messed up. You know, we're all vulnerable. You know, we connect through vulnerability, not strength. Did you know that? So when we all turn up with our ties on some of the guys and it's like, oh, God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. You know, the majority of us have got a whole heap of stuff going on. And so what's happened is people have stopped corner-kneeing together. You know, all of me. Because discipleship happens through that. Because we transmit, not through our strength, we transmit through our weakness with one another. And that's how we journey together. That's how the church was originally built. That's how the church is going to be continued to build. It's by all of us corner-kneeing with each other, ones we're not comfortable with, cultures we're not comfortable with, people that we probably would never spend time with. That's how it's going to bring transformation. How is the drug addict, ex-drug addict, that has just got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, how is he going to know, or her, how, how are they going to know how to live? How are they going to know unless you show them? How are, how are they going to know unless you open your lives to them, warts and all? It's, it's out of that discipleship. Not turning up for an hour and a half on a Sunday, you think that's going to change anybody? That's not going to change anybody. We'll get changed because we come. But remember what I said, YouTube, iSpace. 
it's all about my thing. So if you compartmentalize it to it just being about me and then I leave, that's not going to transform yourself or anybody. God wants to activate his body. And as the worship team come up, we're gonna, I'm going to share a scripture with you that's really heavy scripture. And then we're gonna, I'm going to explain to you as we... Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that clock's not been changed. I'm going... It's 12.35, have I been rabbiting on all that time? I was about to go and like lay down. I thought, poor congregation having to listen to me. And then I looked at my thing, I'm like, oh my God, they've not changed the clock. Sorry, that was just a moment. Um, I'm going to read a few scriptures to you. Um, that are really important. You can just tinker my little tinkering friend. <laughs> you know, I used to teach him in kids' gang, don't you? He was like a little boy. You had the same haircut, I think, ha hairdo. No, you did. I think you did. Oh, no, maybe you didn't. I used to teach him in kids' gang. That's the church. Look at him now. He's semi-professional athletic, you know. I, yeah. But you know he loves the Lord. You know, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, I find it amazing. I look at my son, and I'm not going to embarrass him, especially if he gets off his phone. <laughs> I remember the day we did an all-night prayer meeting. I think it was all night, and there was Toei, Thomas, Joel. Um, I have a picture of it. It was all the boys, and they were kneeled here, and... Uh, I remember them being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, Dylan. There was just like a whole group of, I think it was, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. So they were like, because you pray for things, but when it happens, it blows your mind. You're like, really? I know when my mum got saved, I'm like, she got saved. Like, that is mad. They were, you just, you pray for things, right? And then, you know, God hears you, you know. He hears your prayers. He has, he has, he's got them all. But there's a time for everything. And, uh, and I remember, and you know, what I love is even though, you know, our children are not perfect and they're on their journey and they go through their things, you know what they have? They have the Holy Spirit within them. They're sealed until the day that Jesus comes back. So instead of me getting on them, because that's what we want to do as parents, you know what I do? I go in my closet and I just speak the word of God over them. And because the Lord showed me that. He said, don't get on them. Don't get all religious, Vicky. What's the matter with you? He said, you go and spend time with me and let my Holy Spirit birth. I'm like a grenade. I'm like in my prayer closet going, God, open the eyes of their understanding that they may know the hope of your calling into the inheritance of the saints. Father, give them wisdom in their inner parts. Oh, Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm punching them with grenades. Powerful. That's the church in action. When we see our children raising up in the things of God, not perfectly. My goodness, not perfectly. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Don't get religious on them. They're going to, you know, have a little wobble and, you know, but come teach them how to come to the cross where there's mercy, 
the mercy seat, forgiveness. That's what the church is. If you've messed up, praise the Lord, you're in the best place. He went to the cross for you. It's a perspective change. There's a massive perspective change. I'm going to read this and then uh, we're going to worship the Lord. So I really believe God is going to do something today. I really believe God is going to do something today. Amen. So in Ephesians 4.17, it says, Now I, I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And it then goes on to say, you weren't taught Christ like that. So it's actually speaking to people that were Gentiles, but then had started to walk in their old ways again. And he's warning them. He says, you weren't taught that way. And then he goes on to say that in Ephesians 24, 20, it says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I can't put off your old nature, guys. Only you can do that. And that is done on a daily basis. It says crucify yourself. Crucify the passions. It says deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. I don't hear people preaching these things anymore. Why? It's not comfortable, is it? To deny oneself and pick up your cross daily. It's not comfortable to crucify one of the worst ways that you can die crucify which means you got to crucify your old life your old nature you can only do that in prayer you can only do that by the spirit you can only do that when you bring it to Christ daily I believe that that picture was also a representation of people's minds and I'm, I'm, I'm just very quickly and then I'm gonna let the worship team take over you see that scripture Futility of mind means you've lost your purpose. I'm talking about in Christianity. I'm not talking about what you do as a career. I'm not talking about what your plans are. But I'm talking about that everything, everything should be aligned with the purpose of God. That's not saying in the four walls of this church, but everything should undergird what your significant purpose is, whether you're training to do this or training to do that. What are you called to do? You could be called to be a doctor, a nurse, a psychologist, a corporate person. But the whole purpose is because Christ has destined you to do that. So everything around it is, is to do with that. Um, so futility of mind means you don't have a purpose, which means you don't know where you're going, which means that you just turn up and do whatever. And you tick boxes and you're just, that's to do with the purpose. Futility of mind. It says, and then the darkened of understanding. Darkened of understanding means there's a shadow. There's a shadow. 
And, and being darkened means that you have become insensitive to the divine things of God and insensitive to the duty of a Christian, not even a Christian leader. A Christian's duty is to serve God. A Christian's duty is to come to church on a Sunday. A Christian's duty is to give out the substance of their finances. A Christian this is just basic fundamental Christianity, is to be hospitable in your homes and to encourage each other daily. That's the basics. As a Christian leader now, it's a higher, there's more expected of you. So if you're called to that, then you're expected more. So these are just basics. So that's the ignorance, the shadow, that you become insensitive to what you're supposed to be doing. Then it says we've become alienated by God. You feel alienated. You feel more comfortable in your workplace. And I will say to you, alienation from God and being cut off from fellowship means that you are on the brink of deception, which means you will not know you're even being deceived. That's what deception is. And you need to come into the light. You need to come into the light and respond and say, God, if there's any shadow, if I'm hardened in any way, and again, I've had to do it many times. God, show me. Give me a, give me a change of perspective. And then it goes on to say, goes on to say that, that we are aliens passing through. Aliens and pilgrims. We're not of this world, you know. I worry when I meet Christians that sound exactly the same because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The holiness, we're called as ambassadors to holiness. We're meant to sound different. We're not meant to sleep around. Sexual immorality is a yeast to the body of Christ. <coughs> holiness integrity, character. That's what brings transformation. His word, living by his words. And you may think, well, that's a bit boring. I want to say to you that I am not bored. Since I gave my life to the Lord, I have been on the journey of my life. There's nothing boring about God. You're bored when you're not living your full potential in Christ, alienated from the things of God, estranged. As born-again believers, you don't have an option, my beautiful friends. I don't have an option, even though sometimes I want that option, because I have my free will, okay? My name is Vicky. Not Sister Vicky. My name is Vicky. I am a person. I have free will. I can go and do what I want, just like you. But I choose I choose daily to put off my old self and put on humility because I'm not humble. I'm actually very prideful. I'm not, none, of, none of you are nice people either. We're all fallen, sinful beings. But with Christ, we put on the new nature and then we come and we join together in our new natures and we serve this world with the light and we bring people in and we teach them about Christ, how to live as Christians. Christian marriages are different than the marriages in this world. Different. 
It needs to be different. Just stand with me today. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to do something through bringing his body together. I believe the hospital of the Holy Spirit, which is here, this is what it is. If you just all of a sudden just take your eyes off of the natural just for a moment and recognize that all your needs, everything you're going through, that he, Jesus, through his church has the solution. If you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with just confusion, just not, you can play, but just not that much. If you're struggling with confusion, if you're struggling with not understanding your purpose, if you felt fearful and you want to hide and you don't feel comfortable in the church and that's where you've been at, I want to say to you today, today is the day where God is going to engraft you again. He's going to unite us with His Spirit together that we are going to be able to do life together. You are not alone. You are not alone. You online, you are not alone. There is nothing that you are going through in this church or online that, that other people have not gone through. You will find someone in this church that will be able to help you. If you open up, if you open up, and change the philosophy that you have of the Church of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to make a couple of altar calls today. The first altar call is, is that every day, every, every opportunity I get. Last night we had a light party instead of Halloween. And you know, we probably had 15 children give their lives to the Lord. We lay hands on them, baptised in the Holy Spirit. And, I, and we explain to them why we don't do Halloween and why witches and, you know, red devils with little tails, why, why we don't celebrate it as the church and why we come together as children of light and we celebrate Christ. And I explained to them my testimony that my grandmother took me to church, a Baptist church, where I, where I remember and where God started his journey on me. And, and so, you know, just in the same way, I'm going to also give an article for salvation today. If you have been listening to my message and you, don't, you feel like you don't know the Lord, and when I say know the Lord, it's not just a knowing. Being born again is born of his spirit. So he gives you a new heart. And he, and he puts his spirit within you and he gives you a hunger for the things of God. That's what being born again is. It's different to being a nominal believer. And he says that if you are born again and spirit filled, that, that you will know that he is his, his child and you will know his voice. He'll show you what way to go. So if there's anyone in this place that doesn't know the Lord, I want to give you that opportunity today to give your life to the Lord. And you can just raise your hand if there's anyone in this place that doesn't know the Lord. Just want to give you that opportunity today for salvation. Just like other people, if we'd have not given that opportunity to be saved, I probably would not be alive today. So that is always my first and foremost. If you feel uncomfortable and you want to speak to me at the end, I will be here. So the second altar call is, um, is to do with those people that have felt alienated from church because of what happened in the pandemic. They felt segregated. They feel fearful. They feel anxious coming in to environments. And I want you, if that is you today, for you to... So I'm going to do a couple of articles so you can come forward. So that's the first one. If you've been feeling alienated, um, this article is for you. And anyone that has been feeling, like, darkened 
darkened in their understanding, then, then this is also for you, is, is you feel that there's something that's gone on into your heart and that you want to be the Holy Spirit to engraft you in. So as the worship team begin to, to, begin to um, worship, um, then those, anyone that has sensed those things, and then if you just want to be a part of what God is about to do, then you come forward. Because I really believe in the power of God. And I really believe that, that when I preach, I expect signs and wonders. And I expect deliverance. So if you expect it, then usually God will meet you right there. So if you're in this place and you feel that you just really need the Lord to do something in your life, then this is the day that you need to come forward. Need to respond to the Holy Spirit. Victory Outreach Manchester is a family in the city and we are here for you. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.